On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, Cody Felger, alongside Derek Larger. And we are continuing in our look at the Colts position groups and how they stack up compared to the other 31 teams in the league. We've already looked at the entire offense. So if you have not yet, be sure to go back and look at all those episodes. We break it down by position. Uh, And so, Derek, how we did the offensive line in the last episode is kind of how I want to do the defensive line. Uh, I want to look at, yes, there's multiple positions within that group, but I just kind of want to clump them all together. And so the way we're going to do it today is we are going to look at the defensive ends, the defensive tackles, and then some of those guys that we call kind of tweeners, right? The guys that have played both defensive end and defensive tackle, and we think have the potential uh, to do both this next season. So we'll start with the most obvious defensive end, uh, the one that's most well-known, that being Justin Houston. He was acquired last year via free agency um, after spending his entire career with the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, he played all 16 games. It was the first time he had done that since 2014. Um, He had a a nice season, his his best sack total since that year with 11 sacks. Uh, He was overall just a really, really solid player. Um, He had 13 tackles for loss, 18 quarterback hits. He also recorded a safety. Now, Houston's obviously the veteran. Uh, He's going into age 31 year now with the Colts. Derek, give me your thoughts on Justin Houston and his presence on this defensive line, what it means for this line and, and, you know, beyond his production, just kind of the leader that he provides for this group. Yeah, you you hit it with leadership there. Uh, Leadership is a great quality, especially in a group that has a bunch of young guys still on that defensive line. It's a guy that really leads by example. You know, he backs up the talk that he has. And, you know, he had 11 sacks last season. He can play in the run defense. We've seen it a bunch of times. This is a guy who's a really good overall competitive defensive end while still being older, still plays the game the way you want him to. So I really like Justin Houston. I like the leadership he provides. His production is there. Uh, He really does make it. uh, He's certainly not one of the most explosive guys out there. But consistency-wise, he definitely makes plays, and I'm excited to see him going forward with this. And then we'll look at some of the, uh, the other defensive ends. Um, some of the younger guys, some high picks the last couple years. The first one that we'll start with, Kamoko Ture. Now, Ture was really having a great start to the year last year for, through the first five games of the season. He had a sack and a half, five quarterback hits, eight hurries, Um and I feel like those stats alone don't really tell how effective Kamoko Ture was last year to start the year. I mean, he really, in pro football focus, even ranked him as the second of, with edge defenders in terms of pass rush grade. Um, and he also recorded a 22.9 percentage pressure rate, which was good for second best in the league as well. Now, unfortunately, he got injured in that Kansas City game with an ankle injury that forced him to miss the rest of the season. 
but Ture showed noticeable improvements from year one to year two. The biggest question now is, can he stay healthy? Uh, Derek, give me your thoughts on Kamoko Ture. The, the things you saw last year, he's obviously continuing to work with Robert Mathis and continue to get better as a pass rusher. Uh, give me your thoughts on Ture, if he can play a full 16-game season. Well, I said a couple of weeks ago that if I think somebody asked us in a live stream, if Kamoko Ture plays a full 16 games, does he get double digit sacks? And I said, yes, I, I like what Kamoko Ture has. He's a prolific uh, pass rusher. Uh, his mechanics have gotten even better this off season, which is incredible because he had really good ones before. And like you said before, he was, had a 22% pass rush rating, which is one of the best in the league. So this is a guy that's still young, still getting better, but yet is still one of the bet- more consistent guys at getting pressure on the quarterback. I like what Kamoko Ture can do. I do personally believe that I think he can go way above and beyond what most people think. A lot of people are happy for Kamoko Ture and want to see him keep going at the rate he's at because if he is, this guy can be a real wreck in the NFL one day, and I like what I'm seeing from him. He certainly was doing that. He was a game wrecker the first couple games, really that first five games. I remember I was just like, who is this guy? I mean, this is not anything that we saw from Kamoko Terry the year before, and he just turned it up. Now, here's to hoping he can stay healthy, obviously. Uh, the other guys the Colts drafted, they actually drafted him last year in the second round, Terry the year before, Ben Banigou. Now, Banigou didn't start any games. He played in all 16. Um, he didn't have a ton. I kind of equated a little bit to Kamoko Ture's rookie year where he just had situations where he flashed, but he didn't have anything concrete all the time. I thought he was a pretty solid player when he was in there, but he just didn't see a lot of game reps. Um, you know, his, his he won't, like, shock you with kind of the stats he had last year. He only had 11 combined tackles, two and a half sacks, a forced fumble, and three tackles for loss. Uh so nothing really like eye popping, but you know there were some key plays and some key moments from last year where Ben Banigou kind of showed a little bit of juice um, in the pass rush department. Now we know that's not necessarily his forte. We feel like he's a little bit more of an all round player compared to Kamoko Ture, um, but he has obviously tremendous potential as a defensive end. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts, Derek, on Kamo or on Ben Banigou um, in his second year now coming into the league. He he's Stayed healthy so far uh, with the Colts. What are you looking for from him in year two? Yeah, Ben Banigou is certainly a guy that, like you said, it's one of uh, one of those guys that you know you, you see you see him in multiple different ways. He's just kind of you know put into different packages and things like that. So you, you kind of get him in different stages, and who knows how much more of him we're going to get to see this year. Uh, maybe we do see more of him to try to preserve uh, Justin Houston a little more. Uh, and, you know, because we obviously upgraded our defensive tackle, but we didn't necessarily do a ton for the defensive end group because we're pretty confident in who we potentially have. So Ben Banigou, again, made some plays last year, did, wasn't able to make a ton of them, but the few plays that he did make, they were uh, pivotal for sure. So, you know, it's a guy that takes advantage of the, situations he's in and I look forward to seeing the progress he makes and then the last guy we'll talk about strictly for defensive ends 
uh, that being Al-Qadim Muhammad. Al-Qadim Muhammad's been a name that we've mentioned a little bit more recently, but we feel like he's a guy that is such a solid key rotational piece that nobody really talks about. He's still fairly young. I think he's 25 years old. And he provides uh, just a nice, consistent presence there at the defensive end position. You know, he can start for you in a pinch, and he can be pretty productive as well. What are your thoughts, Derek, on Al-Qadim Muhammad um, and his potential role with the Colts moving forward? Yeah, Al-Qadim, I definitely think can make this roster, and I feel he can do a lot more. Um, it's just one of those guys that, again, is like Ben Banigou. You have certain times when he gets uh, really good uh, snaps, and he takes advantage of the few that he does. It's just a matter of how much more does he get. Maybe this is a year where, you know, they try to preserve Justin Houston a little more and they try to get Al-Qadine in there and a few times where they get some of those smaller left tackles or right tackles. I want to see Al-Qadine Muhammad more often. Okay, then we can move on to more strictly the defensive tackles with the Colts. We'll start with the other obvious name on this defensive line, DeForest Buckner, acquired by the Colts this year in a trade, trading their 13th overall pick in the draft to acquire Buckner. Um, he's been a first-team and second-team All-Pro. He uh, is just such a great presence in the middle of that defensive line, top-five defensive tackle, three-technique in this league. And, I mean, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, they've all talked about how essential it is to have a good three-technique. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts, Derek, on DeForest Buckner. We've talked about him a lot your thoughts on just how much he can change this defense since that three technique is so essential to a good one. Yeah. I mean, you got the fourth best player at his position in the NFL. I mean, you're definitely going to see some improvement on this defensive line due to the uh, caliber player that you just brought in. I mean, six, seven, 300 pounds is just absolutely amazing. And, you know, he can play both ways. He can play in the run game. He eats up double teams and, you know, he has a good, he has good uh, pass rushing ability. He's been shown that uh, he had 12 and a half sacks, obviously in 2018. Uh, that, I mean, obviously that was incredible for a defensive tackle. That's really good. So, yeah, I mean, the importance and the value of a DeForest Buckner cannot be overstated. Uh, what he provides for this defensive line while still being young himself still provides that leadership of, and knowledge of being there doing that. And I can't wait to see what he does for this defense. And then the Colts went and got another player on the 49ers defensive line, Sheldon Day. Now we don't necessarily pencil him in as a starter, like we did with the Forrest Buckner, but he can still provide some key depth and he plays with a lot of energy and a lot of juice. Um, he's only six one, but he's two eighty five, So he's got decent size uh, for a defensive tackle, one technique, nose tackle type of player. Um, what are your thoughts on Sheldon Day and what he can provide in terms of depth and potentially uh, being a starter if need be? Again, another player that, you know, provides a lot of juice, basically. he's He brings the juice. He just has a nitty-gritty play style, and he just eats up tackles, and he just plays hard off the line. And, you know, his mechanics are not amazing like anyone else's, but – I mean, he's he's got a lot of power. He's got a good size. I really like what he can provide for depth piece for this defensive tackle position. And then we got to go to the other big man, Big Grover Stewart uh, out of Albany State. He didn't do a whole lot in his first two years with Indianapolis. This last year, though, he got a lot more playing time. 
Um, obviously, Marcus Hunt being benched was a big reason why, but he had 27 total tackles, uh, three sacks, a pass defended, was really a good key cog in the running game and stopping the run. Uh, and we think he's only going to improve. He's still a very young player at this point in his, his career. Um, he's only 26 years old, and he's going to turn 27 here um, in a couple months. What are your thoughts, Derek, on Grover Stewart and kind of the ascension we've seen for him uh, from when he was drafted to now where he is now? I really like the improvement from Grover Stewart uh, as a guy that definitely has opened some eyes in the Colts community. His numbers have not been amazing, but they have been improving since uh, he was drafted. And, you know, he's become one of the few bright spots on this defensive tackle position over the last few years. Obviously, in 2018, Danico Autry led that group. But, you know, in 2019, Danico Autry mainly took a, a step back and Grover Stewart had to fill that hole. And like I said, again, the stats don't show it, but Grover Stewart's impact and what he provides in the run game and in the passing game, it, it cannot be overstated. He, again, eats double teams so well. And I am, like many Colts fans, are super, super excited to see what Grover Stewart can provide for this team going forward, being that he's so young and, you know, he's going to be asking for a contract here soon. Uh, how much How much better does he get if he has himself a half a dozen sacks this year? Uh, he's definitely going to be asking for some decent chunk change for sure. Yeah, and then we'll talk about a few uh, kind of key reserve type of guys. First off, uh, Robert Windsor, sixth-round pick this year, and then Taylor Stallworth, who was recently signed by the Colts. Um, he he played a couple years with New Orleans, and he was on their active roster for a year, and he's kind of floated in and out within their practice squad. Obviously, Windsor hasn't seen the field yet, um, but these guys can, I think, provide potentially some quality depth at the defensive tackle position. Really, Derek, I, I don't think the Colts have had this kind of depth on their defensive line in I don't know how long. It seems like it's been forever. Uh, but what do you think both these guys can kind of provide? If one of these or both of these guys somehow make the final 53-man roster, what do you think they bring in terms of just depth purposes and uh, just some production potentially? Well, I mean, obviously for Windsor, and I think for all these guys, it's just one of those things that you're, you're, you're using them mainly for depth, obviously. But, you know, what they provide you is is basically effort. You know, you, you can respect that and you can uh, understand where you come from when it comes to that kind of attitude. When you have the motivation to want to play and get better and your effort outmatches people, sometimes that works in your favor. And that's what I really like about Windsor and hopefully he makes this roster. But, you know, again, like you said, depth this year is really nice for the Colts right now and it's a good problem to have something we wish we would have had over the last 10 years, really. Seriously, that would have been really nice. Um, we'll talk about the other two guys that I kind of label as tweeners a little bit. You know, they, they played a little bit of both positions. It's kind of unclear at this point which position they're going to primarily play. Um, we'll start first with the guy who has had a little, little bit more game action, Danica Watry, a year removed from almost having double-digit sacks. Obviously, he took a big step back in terms of production in that standpoint this last season. Now, with the Colts adding to Force Buckner, you know, Autry kind of can play wherever. And then, obviously, Tyquan Lewis, who was a second-round pick in 2018 in that historic draft. I mean, he's he's been the least productive out of any of those second-round picks. But he's still got some potential, and I think 
this is really a critical year for him and a really critical training camp for him. I actually just put up a video not too long ago. He was my number one guy that I thought this is the biggest year for him. He has to have a fantastic training camp or he may not have a home with Indianapolis this season. I mean, I really think it's come to that point where the production has not even come anywhere close to the pedigree and where he was drafted. Derek, I'm curious because you know Taekwon Lewis very well. And uh, we've obviously seen Danico Autry for a couple of years. Talk to me about what these guys can provide, because maybe one or both of these guys could be vying for that other defensive end position. Danico Autry definitely has some upside. You know, with DeForest Buckner being on the opposite side, he's going to demand a lot more of attention. Danico Autry definitely has the advantage this year of possibly facing a lot more one-on-ones, whether that's on the edge or in the middle. And you know, Danico Autry's never really been a a great run stopper. We know that. But, you know, it, it, I, I could see the possibility of him getting time at both positions, to be honest. Uh, if you want him in, uh, in obvious pass downs, that is something that he could potentially do. And you're right with Tyquan Lewis. You know, it's going to be he's one of those guys that has to have a good year. He has to start out now. If he doesn't, you know his spot on this roster can definitely be taken really fast. And from what we've heard, he's been having a good training camp so far. So hopefully that continues because I want him to stay, but you know, it's, it's up in the air at this point. That kick in the butt from Ballard, hopefully helps him be more productive and helps him be a key piece in this defense. I mean, that would be incredible if Taekwon Lewis was able to do that, maybe not start, but even just be a key role piece. I think that would be a great, that would be one of the best case scenarios right now for Taekwon Lewis. So that'll do it, do it for our look at the Colts defensive line. So before we end this podcast, Derek, obviously we've been ranking these units against the rest of the NFL. So we'll kind of break it down by positions. So defensive ends and then defensive tackles. Where do you think the Colts defensive ends stack up against the rest of this league? We'll start there and then we'll go to defensive tackles. You know, with potential-wise, I feel like this group has the potential at some point to be towards, you know, in the top of the NFL, more of like, you know, around that top 10-ish sort of thing. You know, it's 10 to 12. But right now, I mean, we just have a lot of unproven guys at this point. Justin Houston obviously is there. But, I mean, Justin Houston's not the most prolific guy we've ever seen. So I would probably say probably in the middle for me, around 16. It's right at about where I put this defensive end group. I think they have the potential to go higher. But they, right now, as it stands, without seeing what we've seen, I think it's right in the middle of the pack for me. Until proven otherwise, I can't put them in the top half of the league. I mean, we saw so many instances last year where the Colts just could not get pressure. I know there's been a lot of talk about that defensive interior, but I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure from outside of Justin Houston last year from the defensive end position. So there's a lot of potential, but there's a lot of unprovenness at this point. Okay, then we'll talk about the the interior, the three technique and the nose tackle position. Was a weakness last year. Now we think could potentially be a strength. But where do you rank them, Derek, amongst the best in the NFL? This this is a little bit higher. I think it's a little bit higher now because, you know, again, we've, we've seen DeForest Buckner being added. That instantly makes you a much better team and a much better unit. Again, it all depends on the Grover Stewart and maybe if Danico Autry does that as well. But 
I, I think it's around that 11 to 13 spot for me. It's better. Still some unprovenness, really. I mean, Danico Autry, we know what he could do. We just don't know if he'll continue to do it. And, you know, Grover Stewart, how much better does he improve? I want to see that. If what I think they can do going forward, I think that this group can be a top 10 group, defensive tackle group in the NFL, if indeed they are able to just continue to improve on the fact of Danico Autry and Grover Stewart. I think for me, I'm going to go right there at 10. I mean, we're not too far off there, but I really think DeForest Buckner just changes everything about this interior defensive line. I really think he's such a dynamic player and what he provides and how he helps your other defensive linemen be better players. And so I like what I saw from Grover Stewart. I always thought he was a solid player. I just felt like he never really got the chance to show who he was. Um, so he's always been a good player. He obviously improved in some key areas last year. So I'm just going to put them right at 10. I feel like that they could go up if Grover Stewart makes a leap. We think he can. He got some depth now with Sheldon Day. Danico Watry now doesn't have all that pressure on him. He's not going to get command all those double teams anymore. And uh, I feel like he could be a sneaky candidate for, for getting a lot more sacks than last year. So I think there's a lot of potential here. I really do. And the good thing is a guy like Danico Watry isn't going to have to lead the team in sacks. And I think that's going to just help him hopefully take the pressure off and just get back to that 2018 form. Okay, so as a entire unit now, the Colts defensive line, where are we going to rank them? Well, I mean, if I take the average of the two, it's kind of still right there in the middle of the pack. You know, it's still middle of the pack. It's still, you have some veterans there, but you still, but the potential for more is there. I feel like the potential for them to do more is great. And I think that if players just stay healthy, that this group can continue to be much better. But I'll just say slightly above the middle of the pack. Yeah, the key here will be the health. That will be the biggest factor. If they're healthy, I think they definitely have that potential to be a top 10 unit overall in the league. But they haven't been healthy, so obviously we haven't been able to see that. But I definitely agree. I think the talent is through the roof. Credit Chris Ballard and his staff. They've acquired a lot of talent. Now it's time for that talent to not just be potential anymore, but to actually perform. That's what we're looking for. And it'll be interesting to see how this unit continues to pan out. But I'm kind of right there with you. I think right in the middle is probably a good place to place them right now with obviously they can improve to a top 10 unit if everybody stays healthy and if people continue to progress like we think they will. Well, our listeners, what do you guys think? Do you think the Colts defensive line is top 10? Do you think they're middle of the pack? Where are your thoughts? Where's your head on this defensive line? We'd love to hear that. But for Derek and myself, thank you guys so much. And as always, go Colts.